Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. About this is the last for the last couple of weeks, we're talking about your influence at your workplace, where, where God has called you, how you're supposed to influence the place, and things like that. But one thing which I felt that God has also been laying in my heart strongly is that people need to understand who they are because you do you cannot give something you don't think you have. You don't think you have. Now I'm just going to start it off this way. First Corinthians chapter. 1 verse 16, it says, For by him all things were for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, principalities, powers, all other things were created through him. Now, this scripture says to us, God created heaven and earth, and in that heaven and earth, there are things that are visible. And there are things that are invisible. So that means that in in this environment that we are in, you are you are created to have. There, there are two dimensions of things. There is the physical dimension and the non-physical dimension. In fact, Jesus said it in John chapter four verse twenty-four. He said, "God is spirit." And those that would worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. If you look at your Bible very well, you will discover that the first spirit there is in capital letters. Wherever you see a capital letter spirit in the Bible, it's talking about the Holy Spirit. When you see the small letter spirit, it's talking about your spirit. So the Bible is trying, is trying to is trying to say to us that you know God is connecting wants to connect to a particular aspect of you, which is your spirit. Which is your spirit. So we just have scriptures upon scriptures. In fact, the one we normally say, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the, the love of God, the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Now you see that second Corinthians chapter 13. Now it says, it says, the communion of the Holy Spirit, which is like the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So God is expecting a communication between us and the Holy Spirit. But how do we achieve that? Now, Paul clearly divides it up. He says to us that, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may you be whole, spirit, soul, and body. So that means that if these three are not in place, you are not whole. You are not whole. So, we're getting somewhere with this. Now, the challenge is that when we talk about your spirits, most of the time we, we, we struggle to kind of figure out what exactly God is saying in those aspects. Now, when you read Genesis, God told them in Genesis, said, the day you eat these fruits, you shall surely die. 
He said, you shall not eat. He said, the day you eat, you shall surely die. But after Adam ate that food, Adam was walking about. So how can you now say that Adam was dead? What proof do you have that Adam, Adam was dead? But there was something did, there was something in Adam that died. I will give an illustration this way. I saw this article, you see it in the mirror, and independent also just picked it. Is that when a human being dies, when a human being gives their last breath, they are still alive. They can still hear what you say for a short time. So when a man dies, he, he cannot respond, but he can be aware of what is going on until a period of time where the brain and everything begins to shut down. So most of them will be able to hear when the doctor says time of death, but they may not be able to respond. Does that make sense? When I also, well, we're not the only one in the building. I think that's other people on the other side. And when we have, when when you have the spirit man also, when he died, I believe that the body is still there. Everybody can see the spirit. In fact, the spirit can receive information. But he cannot interact. That is why you see somebody who said that, you know, oh, you can be like, for example, I was talking to a man that came to, um, a bricklayer that came to come and do something in our house at the time. And he was saying, now why do you waste your time going to church? And, and things like that. And, you know, and we're talking about, oh, there's nothing. And I said to him, I said, have you ever had what is called Deja vu. He said, yeah, 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 I have it all the time. I said, how do you know what's about to happen? You know, at times, Deja vu is basically, you have a dream, or you have something in your sleep, and you now wake up 10 days later, you now find yourself in that same place. And I said, which part of your body was going ahead of you 10, 15, 15, 15 days away? Or maybe at times a year away? He said, that makes sense. I said, so that means... He said, he said, why did I take my children to work? That, to school, that thing, that's what we were talking about. I said, you take your child to school to feed their soul, their mind. You take them, you give them good food to feed their body. Mm -hmm. But the other aspects, okay. you've left it unfed. Yeah. And he was like, I never saw it that way. I said, so what you call the javu is actually that other body part of you trying to get attention. But he can hear. And then you will see dream, but you cannot interact. Because it's like that dead body lying down there. He can hear what is going on, but he cannot see, he cannot interact. Does this make sense? So God help us in Jesus' name. Now, see, I think I need to quickly just point out certain things because, because at times 
at times, at times we, we may, okay, like people would say, now this is one of the things why in the Yoruba language they will call spirit any. So when you have somebody who's in trance, they say that person is in his spirit. Can I say to you, is that the gift of the spirit, and I believe we know, is different from your human spirit. The gift of the Spirit is an, is, is an expression of your human spirit. So, for example, I am talking now. You can hear me. I am communicating to you. If I stop talking, that does not mean I have stopped existing. Because you are not speaking in tongues does not mean your spirit man is not alive. What I'm trying to point out is that there is no person who is in the who, who is um, there is no person who does not have their spirit man alive. He may not be expressing himself the way other people are expressing, but that does not mean it is not alive in him. Because most of the time we are most of the time we are overshadowed by expression of of the gift. And people go, oh, that is the person that has the spirit. No, everybody has the spirit. It's just because some may decide to see rather than talk. So your whole, the, your, the language of your human spirit may be via dreams. But that does not mean he is not talking. So the gift of the spirit, most of the time, is an expression where the Holy Spirit communicate with your spirit to give an expression. Does that make sense? So, the, the Holy Spirit wants to communicate to, your, to, to you in terms of dreams. So, what they are doing is that the, the Holy Spirit is communicating with your spirit and creating a picture so that your soul, your mind, will be able to capture it and remember it. So what they are trying to do is that they are trying to create a conversation. They are painting a picture for you so that you can see them. Now, why am I very um, talking about this? Because I have seen, I was talking to a couple of um, select girls yesterday, and you know, and we we're, were having a chat. And, and one of the things they were saying is because you see at times, because of the way the, the church is, is structured, people are in the church and people feel that well, it is people that are in the spirits that are, that are determining the service. No, everybody has a human spirit and is active. Does that make sense? That's why Jesus said in John 10, 10, Jesus said, the thief has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. What was he talking about? Your spirit man is what the devil came after. Because once that spirit man can be killed, you have lost a one third of your, of your body and you cannot interact with, with the other world that really created the world that you see. Does this make sense? Now, I'll give you another one. There is a man called... Um, there is a man called... Um, what's his name now? Um, McDougall. 
Duncan. Now, there are people who have come up with, with arguments around this, but his own experiment is what you call the, 20, the 21, 21 milligram, um, what's it called? 21 milligram, um, sorry, 21 grams experiment. So if you Google it, 21 grams experiment. What he said happened is that what he did was that they put people that terminally heal or that are going to die at a very particular point in time and they placed them on the scale. So they discovered that at each time every one of them died, they dropped in scale. Maybe the average or whatever it is was 21 grams. So when they weigh that person and they are monitoring him, by the time he gives his ghost up, the scale drops. What he was arguing was that that is the soul or the spirit that has escaped the body. That was his, he's a physician, that was his own statistic to prove that it actually exists in your body. Some people have said, no, it is the, it is the uh, chemical level of, of, so you see all sort of modern uh, people trying to say, you know, they don't really think that, that that's what it is. But what he's saying is that what else, the body is still the same. Why is that when it stops breathing, it just drops in weight? I'm just trying to let you know that all these arguments out there. But all I'm saying is that if we were to go by his argument, then what he's saying is that everybody has, you, as you are going, you are carrying your human spirit everywhere. But because when a man dies, his mind goes, and his, his metaphor body goes and his body goes. So the only thing um, available is his spirit. And that spirit lives. And that was what he was talking about. If you read his, his research, that's what he was talking about. Is that that is what lives a human body. At the time they give their last they give their last breath. God help us in Jesus' name. What I'm trying to just lay emphasis on is that you need to understand that there is something in you that is unique. And why this is important, you see it when we go to Second Corinthians chapter 5. Now, Paul was talking, Paul said, therefore from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we knew we, we, we have we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet we, we now know we now know him no longer. Therefore, now what did he say? He said, I, I am not going to judge you alone by the physical person that I see. He now said, therefore, if anybody is in Christ. He is a new creation. Now, 
if you read most versions, they will put, Behold, all things are new. Why would the Bible say, Behold, all things are new? It's saying, Something has happened, you may not notice it. I don't know if that makes sense. That's why Paul said, Be- I am not judging you as just a normal human being, but what I'm saying to you is that the day you gave your life to Christ, behold, something has happened. But why would Paul use the word behold? He's saying you need to realize it. You will not see any difference in your body. But what you would find out is that something in your body has woken up. So what is a difference between someone that knows God and those that don't? Some are carrying their spirit man that's dead already. He's receiving information but cannot, cannot respond. And Paul is saying, no, the day you gave your life to Christ, it has happened. The third person is awake. That is why I ask if people, you Christian, what is different between you and a non-believer? People don't know. People don't understand that that while you are standing, you may be talking to somebody. You are talking to somebody. You may talk to somebody who's live, who has the two parts of his own wholeness working, and you have your three working. I don't know if that makes sense. That's why Paul said, "I." From now on, we are not talking to people. We are not regarding you from a two dimension. We are not looking at you as just this is this is you and this is your level of mentality. That is your flesh and your and, and your soul or your or your or your, or your, or your, or your mind. He's saying, "I am now judging you in a different dimension because the day you gave your life to Christ." You became a new person. Now, this is the problem. Is that for so many Christians, this behold is not loud enough. They think they are still the same person. And the problem is that you cannot use what you don't know you have. And that was one thing that Paul was so concerned about. And Paul said, you know, I will not judge you according to the flesh. Because you have something going for you which you do not know. Does this make sense? Now, the way Jesus sees things is that you cannot be able to do good or do things the way God wants them. Except that third person is alive. Let's see what Jesus said here. And I want you to please, um, Matthew chapter 12, I want you to point out, point out something to you. Matthew chapter 12, verse 33 to 40, verse 34. Now, he said, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. Please notice the statement that Jesus said here. Jesus did not say a tree is good or bad. He said you have to make that tree first. 
then that the product of that tree will change. What he's saying is that that tree itself has to be made. There has to be a reconstruction on that tree. For the tree to be able to, to, to bring out anything good out of it. So if that tree is not, is not, has not been changed, no matter how much you try, nothing good can come out of it. That's why Jesus said, he said, you blood of vampires, said, how can you, being evil, speak any, uh, speak, speak good, speak good anything? For out of the abundance of their man's heart, the, the, the mouth speaking, what Jesus was saying, he said, you are already bad. I'm not expecting anything out of you that can be good. And most of the time, we do not realize what Jesus was saying is that until the tree itself is made good, it cannot produce anything good. May God grant us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So Jesus said in John chapter 3, you know, when I wouldn't read everything, John chapter 3 from verse 2 to 6, and when, when Nicodemus um, uh, when Nicodemus came to meet him and said, ah, you're a good man, you're doing great things. He said, nobody can do great things except he comes from the Father. And Jesus said, except a man be born again. Jesus was saying, I'm not doing it because I want to do good or I can do these great things. He said, except a man be born again, he cannot do it. Then Jesus went on and said, whatever is born of the Spirit, is spirit and whatever is born of the flesh is flesh. What he's saying is that you have a spiritual father that gives birth to this physical body. But for that spiritual body to come alive, it has to be given birth to by God. In fact, the Bible, the Bible clearly says it in Hebrews chapter 12. Let's just read Hebrews chapter 12. It says, if you, if you chastise your children, God, God deals, with you, deal with, deals with you as, as with his son. Now, basically what Jesus is saying here, what, sorry, what Paul is saying here is that he's, he's trying to say how a spiritual father deals with his own spiritual son. Sorry, physical father deals with a physical son. Now, please notice here, he said, furthermore, we have human fathers who correct us and we paid, sorry, and we paid them perfect respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the father of spirits? Spirit here again is in smallness. So what Paul is saying is that as you have your spiritual father, so also you are again giving back to spiritually. I know this question is always causing, you know, it's always, um, it may be difficult for people who have, um, who know a lot of Bibles. You know, I asked, I used to ask this question. I think I've asked it a couple of times. What is the difference between the way you were born and the way Jesus was born? 
What is the difference between the way you were born and the way Jesus was born? How was Jesus born? Jesus was not born according to the will of man. He was born by the Spirit. What does the Bible say? How are we born again as Christians? The Bible says we are born not of the will of man, but of by the Spirit. I know it's difficult at times for people to get their head around it. Is that biblically, the way the Holy Spirit gave back to Jesus is the same way we were born. That's why the Bible calls God the Father of Spirits. See, until you know this, that's why Paul was saying you have two fathers. There is one according to the flesh, and there is one according to the Spirit. So when you, when you are standing, there is a part of you I can see that is born from Adidas' family. And there is another one that is born by God. So, like I said, I know that people kind of, but if you read the Bible and study it well, Jesus was saying, he said, he says, he said, as the wind blows through and through, and nobody knows where it's coming from. He said, so shall those that are born of the spirits. That's what Jesus said. And Jesus was born by the Holy Spirit. May God grant us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's why when Nicodemus came to Jesus and said, how can you expect me to be born? Jesus said, no. See, it's still the same process. That's why Jesus said, except you are born of the Spirit. You cannot, you don't understand what I'm saying. So why is this important? Is that I know that I have an advantage in life. It is not, I am not just this two dimension that you see. There is another dimension of me that is awake. And so, that is why when you read Psalm 82, it's Psalm 82 that, that says that, it says, ye are God, so you don't have it up there. It says, it says I have told you you are gods, sons of the most high. He said, but you shall die like men, men. That's what the Bible says. Why? Because you do not refuse, you refuse to understand when I said you are God. Now, if you are, can I say, I, I, I think we shared it at the time, a little, I don't have the other, but a little side that I did once is that, I don't say that, I wouldn't say that, it doesn't make sense really, but, but let, okay, let's put it this way. Most of the, the genetics and things that, that a child has comes from the father. That's why the man is the one that will choose the Y chromosome, X chromosome, all this kind of stuff. That was why when Jesus was born, 
God did not have a problem putting him in the womb of a woman because she cannot influence its, gen its genetics because that comes from the Father. Does that make sense? So when the Holy Spirit came upon her and she gave birth, so she was just like a conveyor. That was what she was doing. And feeding his body naturally. Aside from that, you, 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 those who study biology, the, if I'm right, the only thing a woman does mainly is just to carry the, 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 the baby and things like that. So, what, in that same process, that is why you cannot say Jesus was born of, a, of, of man. Why? Because it does not carry, it did not carry a, a man's gene. His genetics was chosen from his father in heaven. Because if a woman could choose his genetics or influence his, his, his making, so to say, it would have dropped from heaven. The Bible says that you have, uh, what's this man called? Uh, you have, you have um, uh, Melchizedek. The Bible says that nobody knows he didn't have a father or mother. So why did Jesus not drop from heaven? Do you get what I'm trying to say? Now, I'm explaining these things to you so that you would know that when the Bible says that just Jesus was born of the Spirit and you two were born of the Spirit, he's actually talking about the same process. God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. So the Bible says that the Spirit bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. Now, this is important. That was um, Romans. Sorry, is it? Yeah, Romans chapter 8, 16. Now, I'm just going to go to James chapter 1, verse 21. The Bible says that, therefore, laying aside all filthiness, he said, receive with, meek with meekness the word of God, which is able to save your souls. Please, he did not say the word of God is able to save your spirits. He said the word of God is able to save your souls. Now, what is the word of God? Jesus said, the word I speak to you, they are spirits and they are life. Am I making a bit of sense? Okay, let's, okay, let's look at it this way. Who was the first person that had the three components of his body? The three soul my sorry, spirit, soul, and body. Who was the first person that had it all working together? Was Adam? Because before Adam had the apple, the whole three was working. <coughs> Does this make sense? And I'll tell you how he even worked. See, for when when 
the other aspect is fully functioning. That is why he could name the whole animals on earth and not, and not change names to another. Because as long as the spirit man is alive, he powers the rest. Is a simple put it this way. You have your body here. Just as an example, your body, your soul, your spirit. If you are someone that has lost their, 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 their spirit, you function at the level of your soul. And if your soul, if your brother and soul, your, your intellect has problems, those are people that are either mentally unbalanced or things like that. They function only according to the flesh. So, and that is, and that is how it goes. Now, if those three things can be open, then you have access to how to the to the length at which you can go in life as a human being. Does this make sense? So when Jesus came, he did not come to come and he came to sort out the three. To make sure that we return back to the way Adam was before. But the problem here is this, is that except we are aware about what has changed in our body, we just go on carrying it as if it is just those two that is contrary. So having said that about Adam, Adam was the first person that functioned in those three dimensions. We said, the Bible says the word of God, the word that has spoken to you, they are spirits and they are life. Can I ask you a question? When Adam was speaking to God, when Adam saw God in the Bible, did he see God physically or not? Hallelujah. You know, we read all these things through the Bible, we just go. When Adam was walking, you said, people say, ah, God spoke with Adam. Adam sat down and they started to keep it together. The Bible never recorded that Adam communicated with God at a physical level. Genesis chapter 3. Now, the Bible says, and Adam heard the sound of the Lord, of the Lord walking. He didn't say he had the footstep. King James Version will tell you, Adam had the voice of the Lord walking. What he had was the voice Walking. Adam never related to God by seeing him like this. Why did he not need to see him like this? Because his spirit man was alive. He did not need to walk by his own physical sight because he could see the voice walking. And like I said, King James Bible will tell you the voice of the Lord walking in the garden. In the cool of the day. 
What is the value of a voice? Words. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you may like what's going on. What's going on? I'm not communicating to you. So what he saw here was the word. That's why Jesus said, the word is spirit. And the Bible says, those that worship God must connect with him the way Adam did by the spirit. Does this make sense? I'm just trying to point out to you. Adam, I know you see films of God sitting down, Adam saying, Hello, how are you? And things like that. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. That was not what was happening. What Adam communicated with was the spirit. And why he was able to communicate with that spirit was because his spirit was alive. That's why when God said, The day you hit that fruit, you will die. You will not be able to communicate with me. May God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So we read 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Now, we've said that as a human being, you have three aspects of you. The body, the soul, and the spirit. We've shown us the little we can find on scientific proof that your spirit is alive as you carry it along. Where we said, when a man dies, he loses weight by 21 grams. Because what leaves the body is the spirit. Some people may have 50 grams, I don't know, but let's wait at 21 grams. That's the only scientific proof we can have out there. God help us in Jesus' name. So what I'm trying to say is that so when you have when you now become a Christian that spirit man becomes alive. But what Paul was not saying is that and and high brethren could not speak to you as spiritual people but as carnal babes in Christ. What he's not saying is that some people have those three walking, but they choose to walk based on the two. And Paul said, I cannot deal with you because you are still at a baby level. It is not that your third person is not alive, but you are not walking, you are not functioning it at all. You are only judging yourself from your mind and your body. What happens at the level of the carnal mind? The way you feel. Your body uses to touch. Your mind, your feelings is in your is in your is inside resides in your carnal mind. Now, what do babies do? 
Anything that is sweet to them, just eat it. That's why Paul referred to them as, you guys are doing it. Because you are not functioning from a higher level. So how does this really help us? How does this really help us? Let's go to Romans chapter Romans chapter 8. I'm sorry, this is a bit. Now, Paul is saying basically, he's saying to be carnally minded. So that means that when your mind is based on, on, on responding to the way you feel by the flesh, you are ignoring the fact that another aspect of you is already alive. Paul is saying that will only lead you into death. It causes more trouble for you. Rather than being spiritually minded. Now, before I go into, I won't go into much details on that. I'm just going to just give us what we, one of the things that reside in the spirit man. Now, let me put it this way. I am always, let me ask a question. No, so the Bible says that, you know, we read it. The Bible says, I have my carnal father. That's my flesh father. And I have my spiritual father, which is the Holy Spirit. And Paul is saying, I want you to recognize that this other body of you is alive. So let me give you an example. Sorry, I don't know. Okay, no, don't let me say that. <laughs> Amen. Um, um, I am from an area, and uh, in our own area, we don't forgive people. In my family, this is how we are. We are, we are always very hungry. Which mind am I operating in? I am not recognizing that I have another father. I'm not here talking about this. Some people who are fighting, some people say, when they ask them, what's your state of mind, they say Zion. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying here. That's what I'm saying here. Nobody, nobody said of origin is Zion. That's what I'm trying to say. So, so don't, 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 I'm not talking about all this kind of uh, people. Those, but what I'm trying to say is that I'm a young boy, and you know, boys sleep. It is the time to sleep around. And you know, it, it is just who I am. I am, up, I am only, I'm a Christian, but I am only carnally minded. I am not aware that I have some, something in me that can say, you know what, no, I am not, they are like that. I am different. You have a project at work. And you're saying, this thing is not, you know, I, I don't think I have the strength. It's not bad, but the problem is that you're not putting into equation that you have a spiritual nature of you that is alive. And Paul was saying that for, for to be carnally minded is death, 
and spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnally mind will always be at enmity with God. He will always argue. How does the carnal mind argue? God said, nobody should, for example, I don't know, the Bible says, that's how for the said, no, you know, they don't understand what's going on. All I'm saying today is that there is a, an aspect of you that is alive. And do not live your life disregarding that. That aspect is not about you seeing vision or, or dream. That's what I'm trying to say. That those ones are just languages of your spirit man. It is not your spirit man. So, when you stand up tomorrow and you want to do something, judge yourself according to the spirit, not according to natural man. When you see somebody that is having an issue and you want to pray, don't first of all condemn yourself before you think and you pray. Because your natural mind may be having troubles, but your spiritual man is always alive. Does that make sense? Because at times you go, see, you, you go, like, like I said, the child that was in the hospital and the, and the parents, you know, and when the parents were telling me, you know, they were saying, Pastor, we want you to know that we are Christians and we believe God. But we also believe that it is the will of God that our son should go and should come to him. And things like that. And I was wanting to, and my mind was saying, are you also going to follow this? In fact, somebody said, you know, maybe you should find ticket and, you know, um, are you going to take a day off at work? I said, for what? He said, he said to go for the funeral of the child. I said, ah. <laughs> I said, I did not, when I told them I was coming, I told, I said, I, I, I'm not coming to do funeral. I was coming to come and say anything to Because I'm not buying ticket for funeral. I said, I said, I said, I said, I said, it may sound, now, let me say this, there will always be people that are, that are crazy. So I'm not talking about, you know, you cannot say that to me. I know I have one that is not that one. I'm saying those are just like crazy. Talking about normal human beings. You know what I'm saying? So, so, what I'm trying to say is that there is a way that people can talk to you and you say, I'm sorry. That is not how it's going to be. To that person that day, it felt like ah, the parents are already having their last sleep with the boy in the hospital. Why don't you just go and get tickets? The parents have said, and God would. Yes, I'm just, I, I just said, I appreciate that. But I am going to see that boy. I am not going to do a funeral service. All I'm saying is that at times when you begin to take note of that other person, your conversation with people will be challenged. That's what people say. You are not even you are not facing reality because their reality 
is based on their flesh and their mind. But your reality goes beyond flesh and mind. It goes to the spirit. Now, why do people at times, sadly, die of depression? Because they are not aware that they can move beyond the mind into their spirit. And so they struggle and they feel at this point they cannot go further. And that is why, as a Christian, you know, I was talking to someone and I said, person was going through a very tough problem, and I said, it's okay. I said, because, he said, everybody's, I said, no. I said, the Bible, Jesus said, I will send you a comforter. Jesus was not dumb when he used the word comforter. Why did he use comforter? Because he knows you will need a time. You, you need to be comforted. So when other people are taking their life, you are moving towards the spirit man and receiving the comfort of God. Does that make sense? That is why, that is why I, I believe that, I, I believe that in as much as we've spoken in the last two Sundays about, 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 about impacting the world, but most of the time, you don't want to feel at a point whereby you feel you cannot get beyond your physical mind. May God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, this is a lovely chapter of uh, scripture I want to, well, I want to um, bring this also to an end with. The Bible says, they can we open our Bibles if it's not too clear there? It's done. It's an hour Amen. So it's just a recording for something sure. Um, now, so if you read our Bible well, hallelujah. Amen. And I want you to see what is available. The Bible says, like Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23. It says, the fruit of the Spirit is. Please, is there anybody in their Bible that says the fruit of the Spirit are? It says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Why did he say the fruit of the Spirit is? That means that once that spirit man is alive, every of that character is in you. So you don't have to say, ah, in my own life, I only have patience. I, I don't have gentleness. You are lying. Because it is not the fruit of the spirit are. It's the fruit of the spirit is. The whole bunch is given to you at once. So when we say, God, I am Oluwamu Emini, I have a gentleness spirit. Me, I, God has not given me yet the spirit of uh, faithfulness. You are still operating on your carnal mind because your carnal mind can only absorb at a certain level. But your spirit man has everything. Now, 
Why am I not seeing everything there in my life? Then I will begin to exercise it until it filters from my spirit to my soul, to my soul, to my body. What's the difference between me that has the spirit, that has my spirit man working, connected to God, and those that don't? Those that don't feel, I can only be gentle. My home, I don't have faithfulness. Because in my whole family, really, we are only gentle people. But the man that has the spirit knows, no, we have all the qualities. Because when you believe you have something, you can develop it. If you don't believe you have something, you can never achieve it. The last scripture, Galatians. You don't have it up there. So I hope it will open your Bible. Galatians, is it? Um, the Bible says that, sorry. The, um, the, the Bible says basically that I have, I'm praying for you until Christ is fully formed in you. Until Christ is fully, is fully formed in you. So what Paul was Paul saying? He said, my children, whom I think Galatians 3, who I have, um, who, I, who, who I have prayed for, Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. Paul says that, my children, from whom I labor again in, in, in that pains until Christ is fully formed inside of you. He did not say that Christ is not in you. He's just saying that that Christ needs to be fully formed. So if there's anything you take away from this, don't say that, you know, I, I, I am not, I can, there's some certain things that I, I cannot achieve. There are certain characters I cannot work on. Oh, why? Because this is, this is me. No, Christ has to be fully formed. When a baby is in the mother's womb, no matter how small it is, it's still a baby. But as it grows, it begins to form itself until it becomes a full human being. And what we are trying to draw our attention is, is that there is something forming at that other side of you. Don't live in ignorance of it. Don't limit yourself based on because you do not think that you have that ability in you. It is there. That's what differentiates us from my unbeliever. God bless us all. Amen. Amen. Let's rise up, please. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.